episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast will contain descriptions of acts of violence or of a sexual nature and are for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Before we get started today, one quick announcement. I want you to be aware that after this episode, I'm going to be giving a lot of shout outs that are due to our friends and fans and some other announcements. So stay tuned after the episode and you'll get a lot more information. Thanks. Okay, so today's episode is named Bloodline of Death. This story, y'all, is a little bit different than the rest of the stories that we've done. It will contain crime, naturally, but it's more about the outlandish statistics that this family has, okay? So, I'm going to do a spoiler alert. If you haven't listened to our last episode that we dropped the Thursday before Easter, go and listen to it now. It's called Catch Ya Later. So listen to that before you listen to this episode. In 2001, I was working as a deputy in the Uniform Patrol Division for the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. I was mostly assigned to the east side of the parish. And as I told you in Catch You Later, once we called up on our calls, we went 10-8 on duty at approximately 6 p.m. by, say... Nine o'clock on most nights, we were called up catching our 911 calls or theft complaint calls or whatever. People getting home from work, the home's been burglarized or they're having disputes with neighbors, whatever it may be. We'd go handle our stuff and then between calls, we would go hunt bad guys or bad girls, if you will. And we knew where the problem areas were and crack was really, really big back then. That was before meth took over and now it's heroin, but we knew where to go, and I loved to hunt dope. I told you and catch you later about how I came into contact with Kelly Lynn Bernard, and her mother owned the Bernard Trailer Park, and I told you about her mother, Kathy. So I want to go back and tell you a little bit more about this trailer park. You really can't even call it a trailer park, all right? Calling this place a trailer park gives trailer parks a bad name. There's a lot of trailer parks in Livingston Parish. There's a lot of really, really nice ones, right? The thing is, on trailer parks, y'all, in case you don't know, it's a place where you pay the owner of the land to park your trailer. Most of the trailer parks have paved streets or gravel roads at worst, street lights and sewage facilities and water and garbage pickup and stuff like that. Kathy Bernard's trailer park was the worst fucking piece of shit that I've ever seen in my career. And there were no street lights. There were no streets. It was just trailers parked in the woods in these fields. It was a mixture of trees and open fields. And they just backed these piece of shit trailers in wherever they could and parked them. And like I told you before, we called a lot of 911 calls out there, y'all. Just mostly domestic violence and thefts and whatever, neighbor disputes, etc. And it was an ongoing shit show and to the point where we kind of wanted to make a statement against them, I guess, if you will, and to rein them in because the drug use and the drug sales were rampant. All the people that lived there were extremely poor. Now, that doesn't mean they're bad people. I always felt bad for the good people who were forced to live there because they couldn't afford to live anywhere else. It's even said that Kathy Bernard 
the queen of the trailer park, if you will, would take food stamps in lieu of rent for the lot payments where these people park their trailers. But I always felt bad for the children and the good people who couldn't afford to live anywhere else because, yes, it was cheap because it was a shithole and there were no services, etc. And like I told you before, I would hate to think about you know what kind of shit ditches they have running in the back of that place, but because sewer systems cost money, right? Kathy, anytime we would show up on a nine one one call, whatever it may be, if she was there, she would show up. She's a great big hulking lady. I mean, like taller than me, and I'm six foot two, and has at least a hundred or hundred fifty, two hundred pounds on me. And she would always show up and stick her two cents in and act like she was running something, et cetera. And like I said, I, th- I know she had a confidential informant deal working out with someone at the sheriff's office. And she just was just a fucking problem. And But the kind of calls we catch out there, I'm going to tell you about two real quick. And so you can understand what the the lifestyle was like, right? I remember one night. We had a call through 259-361-103D in progress at Bernard Trailer Park. And, of course, they couldn't give a lot number because there wasn't one, right? But they described a trailer. I showed up with my partner, John T. Wilkerson. Awesome dude. Y'all have heard me talk about it before. We went to the academy together and then transferred to the sheriff's office together and worked the street together, et cetera. John T. and then John Laudermill, who was my supervisor at the time, was close. Now, the Livingston Parish Jail wasn't about maybe five miles from this trailer park, and it was pretty close to the interstate. At the time, the radio room was at the jail also, and I think John heard it come out, and he knew he could hear some violence over the 911 call. He just came out to assist. So we find the trailer. There's no street lights. We're walking through waist high grass come up with this piece of shit trailer and we could hear the violence going on inside i mean somebody was getting their ass whipped and then we could hear the woman screaming and the guy cursing and hitting her and we step up on the steps and we could see in and it's a lady of asian descent and this big guy with no shirt on big beer gut ball-headed guy beating the shit out of her so we knock on the door and they stop and I'm like, Sheriff's Office, open the door. And we got a 911 call. Sheriff's Office, open the door. And the dude's telling her to be quiet, right? I mean, fuck, like we can't hear him. And it, <laughs> it's paper thin walls. I said, dude, open the door or we're, we're taking the door. And we have to respond to this 911 call. And he was telling her to be quiet. And I could see that she had like a busted lip, busted mouth, and uh, swelling on her eyes and stuff like that. And so. Looked at John Lauderbill and he's like, fuck it, take the door. So we kicked it open. We go in and immediately the dude turns and charges at us. Well, too bad for him. We were trained professionals and we used what amount of force necessary that we needed to to take him to the ground and effect the arrest. So he fought us. And so we take him down, the three of us, John T and and John Laudermill nine, we're getting the cuss on him, and I, I feel something crawling on me. I'm looking at the wall. This is all like in a matter of seconds, y'all. I'm looking at the wall, and it looks like the wall is moving, like it has black spots all over it. And then, fuck, I realized what it was, and because I had some crawling on my face, and I slapped it off, and it was thousands and thousands and thousands of roaches and i mean every shape or size with most of those little little bitty fuckers and they were all over the floor they were all over the wall and now they were all over me and john t and john laudermill i'm like holy shit (laughs) i'm getting up i'm slapping roaches off my face and out of my hair and then all of a sudden the victim, the female, turns on us, right? Leave my once her husband was in handcuffs, and this often happens, y'all, in domestic cases. But once 
he he's in handcuffs and he can't beat her ass anymore. She turns and gets violent with him. She's like, let him go. Let my fucking husband go. You motherfuckers. And then he didn't do anything. You got no fucking right to be in here. Daughter, daughter. You better, you better let my husband go. And I said, you better tell your fucking husband to buy some raid bitch. Yes, that was unprofessional, but I was freaked out about the roaches. And then we ended up taking her to jail too. Cause she was, came after john and john was like fuck it i'm not having him hooker hooker and booker so this is the mentality you're dealing with i mean who in the hell can live in a place that has so many thousands of roaches that the walls look like they're moving no shit i'll never forget that and then another night we had a 911 call of a 103d domestic disturbance and somebody had been stabbed so we roll over there pretty hard. And again, this one was like a travel trailer somewhere in the middle of this big ass shithole park. It took us forever to find it. And we get there and the victim is outside. He's been stabbed several times. And the Acadian ambulance, that's the ambulance service that works the area, was following us in. They wouldn't, this place is so bad. The ambulance service would not go in until the cops went in first and told him that it was secure right so we had to go in and find the victim which is a chore within itself finding where the place was but somebody pointed us in the right direction we get there and the victim is laying on the ground he's been stabbed numerous times in his upper torso he's still alive and i asked him so what happened he said my fucking brother stabbed me my brother stabbed me and i'm like who's your brother and he pointed at this dude sitting on the steps and it was a young guy no shirt on and a pair of boxers and it was summertime y'all was hot and a pair of boxers and he's sitting there i go over to him and advise him his rights well shit he's a deaf mute he can't even can't even understand what i'm saying and then somebody comes up to sign for him and they translate it and shit he after being advised as Miranda writes he told the sign language shit he said uh, yeah i stabbed him i stabbed him several times and i said why and they signed it out and he said because he ate the last mayonnaise sandwich i'm like excuse me and he said, because he ate the last mayonnaise sandwich. I've been working all day. I got home. I had saved two pieces of bread and a spoonful of mayonnaise for my supper. And my brother ate it. So I got mad and I stabbed the shit out of him. I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, okay, that was probably, I've heard of like a maybe a tomato mayonnaise sandwich, but Stab the shit out of your brother for a mayonnaise sandwich, two pieces of bread, and a spoonful of mayonnaise. Shit, I don't even like mayonnaise, but this went on every fucking night. It was just one shit show after another. And that's really when I decided to start cracking down on these assholes, right? Most of it is drug-induced or alcohol-induced. And so I started setting up and stopping people and finding dope and finding drunks and giving them to the state police, to the troopers to work. So I just had enough. I was tired of going over there. I was tired of Kathy Bernard always sticking her face into whatever. So we started riding them, rightfully so. And that's when I first came into contact with Kelly Lynn Bernard. Y'all know what happened on that one, right? So I arrested her three times. And then didn't see her for like five or six months. And she called in a BS complaint on me. And then six years later, uh, ended up working a cold case on her. And she goes to prison for murder, right? For Gets sentenced to 40 years. All of it's suspended except for 10. But anyway, I was talking to a friend of mine who lived down that road. Now, he's a good, great guy. His first name's Sam. He probably doesn't want me to say his last name, but he's a business owner, and he was a volunteer firefighter, et cetera, and, and he had listened to the Catch You Later, and he was like, man, I could write a book on that family. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, let me tell you about the Bernard history. Uh, let me tell you the family structure. So you had the mom, Kathy Bernard, right? And then... The oldest sister in the family, Carrie Bernard, K-E-R-R-I. And then they had a brother, Gene Bernard, and then David Bernard, and Charlie Bernard. Now, Charlie and David were 
twins, okay? That's it. So you have Carrie, Kelly, Charlie and David, and then Gene Bernard. All right, so the reason I named this episode Bloodline or Death is because of what happens to this family. Now, the oldest sister, Carrie Bernard, the, my friend told me that she was murdered or killed by african-american male in ascension parish which is you probably heard me talk about it on previous episodes that's a parish that was just south across the river from livingston parish right so she's killed in i think it was in 2007 at 30 years of age murdered and then charlie bernard one of the twin brothers was attempting to turn on the interstate and my friend told me it was the wrong direction he said he turned in front of an 18 wheeler and 18 wheeler ran over him literally over his vehicle he said woody it took us over two hours to cut him out of that car he said he was just smushed dead you know another violent death and supposedly he was drunk turned the wrong way in front of this 18 wheeler so you got two dead right And then you get Kelly Bernard, who commits murder, at least one that we know of, and goes to prison. So that's three. And, I mean, that's a pretty bad statistic right there. But let me tell you what happens next. In 2008, which at this time, y'all, I had already left the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office to go be a criminal investigator too for the Louisiana State Police out of headquarters in Baton Rouge. But in 2008, at Kathy Bernard's trailer, Kathy Bernard was married to James Ray Morales. Okay, and they've been married as long as I had known Kathy Bernard, which was since 2001. I don't know how long they were married before that. But he was always around, and Kathy Bernard wore the pants in the family, if you will. He was kind of always quiet. He was a drunk, but he was never really any direct trouble to us, and I never had to arrest him. But they are having a party at Kathy's mansion. Let me tell you about why I say mansion, because she had the only double-wide trailer in the park, and it sat right in the front. And it served as the office for the trailer park also. And she could sit out there and watch whoever came and left and just be her general bossy self. But having a double wide in that place is like having a $55 million mansion in Beverly Hills or somewhere, right? Compared to the rest of the shitty trailers that were in there. So in 2008, there's a party. They're drinking and getting it on, having a good time. And then David Bernard who is the surviving twin that's left alive, right? Kathy has two kids that are dead. That's Charlie and Carrie. And then Kelly's in prison or on her way to prison. And no, actually, she would have been in prison at the time. So Kelly's in prison. So three of them are gone, all of them violent deaths or murder. And then David is at his mom's house. He was 30 years old, I think. And then James Ray Morales and then Kathy and a bunch of other people. And they're partying, they're drunk, etc. And James Morales and David Bernard start to argue. Now, some of the witnesses said that they started arguing earlier in the day and it carried on. But regardless, they were standing in the kitchen of the mansion and the witnesses said that David Bernard had his hands on the countertop, kind of leaning up on the countertop. And James Ray Morales, his stepfather, pulled a steak knife and stabbed him not once, but two times in his midsection. And that David Bernard fell to the floor and died approximately five minutes later acadian ambulance couldn't get there fast enough or maybe they were staged up because they want to go in the bernard trailer park without the police i don't know but they said within five minutes he was dead now (laughs) james morales when the cops show up he decides that he wants to fight and so he ends up 
unconscious in Lolly Kemp Hospital in Independence, Louisiana. I remember I told you Livingston Parish at the time didn't have a hospital, and so they took you to whatever hospital was closest, and generally that would be North Oaks and Hammond, Louisiana, Tangeville Parish. That's the parish to the east of Livingston. But Lala Kemp was the indigent hospital, and for whatever reason, they took him there, and he had some swelling to the face, and I think a scratch on his head or whatever, and I'm sure that whoever it was that responded, and he bucked up on them, he was drunk, and I'm sure they, like I said, used whatever force necessary to bring the situation under control. I mean, he just murdered a guy. He just murdered his stepson at that. He gets arrested. And he goes in, and he has Sherman Mack for an attorney. And Sherman Mack is a, just a super guy and a great criminal defense attorney. And he's also a state representative for that area, for Livingston Parish. He's a good friend of mine. He's very, very intelligent, very sharp. But they go to trial, and the prosecution puts on witnesses that state that it was an ongoing argument, etc., and that Morales was drunk and... Everybody evidently was drunk at the party, and Sherman didn't even put on any witnesses. He just attacked the credibility of the eyewitnesses that the state put on because they had conflicting stories, and that's because they were all shit-faced, right? But Kathy Bernard took the stand and testified against Morales, and she said that they hadn't got along for years, and she said that Morales was jealous of her son, and they started arguing that day. And Kathy said that Morales kept antagonizing David, and then he spit in his face. And Kathy said that Ray, that's that's what she called him, Ray is a Vietnam War veteran, and he was proud of having killed in combat. She said Ray often talked about killing again. He always said, I'll kill somebody. And Kathy says she never thought it really would happen, right? But she said that Wednesday morning, Ray got drunk on whiskey and it happened. Ray grabbed a knife out of the sink and jabbed it in his side. And David tried to take the knife away. And when he did, Ray jabbed him again. And Kathy says she was holding David's hand when his heart stopped beating. And one of the witnesses, Jose Lynn McGraw, a friend of David, said that they tried to stop Ray from hurting David before, but this time they believe Ray's adrenaline overpowered them. But they said this isn't the first time that Ray pulled a knife on David and that it happened at least on two other occasions. The sheriff's deputy said they have been to Bernard's trailer many, many times before, and both Kathy and Ray have numerous domestic battery charges against them. Kathy says that she's filing divorce papers immediately, right, as well. There you have it. And so Sherman Mack didn't put on any defense uh, other than attacking the credibility of the witnesses, etc., and the jury came back and found Morales guilty of manslaughter. Okay. And judge Drake, who the honorable judge Drake, Ernest Drake was presided over the trial. And when it came for the sentencing phase, he gave Morales 30 years at hard labor with the department of corrections. Now the charge of manslaughter, the most he could have got was 40, but when Morales killed David Bernard, he was already, I think he was 58 when when he killed him, but by the time he went to trial, he was 61. So on the sentencing guidelines, Morales had to do 85% of the 30 years, which is what, roughly 25 years, something like that. Now you add that on to the fact that he's already 61 and um, you're looking at 86 years of age. Well, generally people don't live that long in, in prison when they're doing it at hard labor. All right. So that's that. So it probably was a death sentence for him. I mean, I think it's appropriate. And you would think that would be enough, right? So now we have 
Carrie Bernard died of violent death. Charlie Bernard died of violent death. Eighteen wheeler ran over him. Kelly Bernard in prison for killing somebody. And now David Bernard died murdered by his stepfather in the trailer. And Kathy has one more surviving son. The years roll on and Bernard Trailer Park continues to be a shit pot of cesspool of drug dealing and alcoholism and domestic violence calls, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People getting arrested from there almost every day. But in November of 2017, the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office executed nine search warrants on different properties at the trailer park at the same time. So when I was on the SR team, y'all, you develop or the narcotics detectives would develop numerous undercover informants, right? So what happened is they'll sit down the road. They'll wait for somebody to come in, buy some dope. They'll stop them when they come out. And instead of taking them to jail for the dope, they would take them to the detective's office, flip them, get them to write out a sworn statement of who it was they bought the dope from. And they would use that as probable cause to get a search warrant. But instead of, because this place was so fucking full of dope, they waited until they had nine different ones, which didn't take long, right? Because everybody in there was dealing dope. In fact, my friend Sam said they cooked more ice in that trailer park than all the rest of the parish combined. So November 7th, 2017, the sheriff's office hits Kathy Bernard's trailer park and numerous search warrants were conducted on residents located in the park, better known as Bernard Trailer Park, uh, in reference to illegal narcotics. During the search, detectives found methamphetamine, heroin, oxycodone, marijuana, drug paraphernalia, and cash believed to be the proceeds of illegal narcotics transactions. These search warrants came after numerous complaints from the good civilians who live in and around the area. So, anyway, they hit it. They arrested. They arrested one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, 14 people and with more arrests coming. But y'all, the reason I'm telling you this is one of the ones that was arrested was Jean Bernard, 43 years of age and the last living non-incarcerated child of Kathy Bernard. Now, this is in November. So, he goes in for dope charge. And you know, living at his mama's. So he goes to jail and true Kathy Bernard form. She bonds him out evidently because on December 27th, 2017, just a little over a month later, 911 gets a call of a white male in Kathy Bernard's mansion that is unresponsive in the bedroom. Now, my buddy was a volunteer fireman, and he showed up first, and they went into the bedroom, and he said that Gene Bernard was laying in the bed, and he had a strap around his upper arm and a needle sticking out of the vein in his arm, and he was deader than shit. He said that rigor had already begun to set in, so you're kind of like maybe six hours. And what happened, y'all, that's what they call a hot shot. Either the dope was lacing it with something or it was too pure or whatever. So he straps off the upper arm to make his vein pop so he can have access to do the injection Whatever it is he pushed in himself, most of the times it's hair when it's laced with fentanyl and the fentanyl is just too strong. And what happens is it relaxes you so much that you forget to breathe, that your lungs stop working and you die. And every case I worked from an opioid overdose like that, when there's other witnesses in the house, they say, you know what? 
I didn't think anything was wrong with him because they were snoring their ass off. Every single one of them that I worked where the witnesses were there, they said that person was snoring their ass off. Now, the reason that is, is, like I told you, the body is relaxing after the injection, and then it just you start to snore, and then it continues to relax until the point where your lungs simply don't work. They just stop. Your body is so relaxed, it just... The ceases to function. So now you have Jean Bernard, who's 43 years of age, Kathy's last living child that's not locked up, died of an apparent overdose in her home. That is a crazy statistic on the bloodline of this family, right? Every one of her kids died of violent or drug-induced death, except for the one who's still living, and that's our friend Kelly Lynn Bernard, who got out of prison in 2018, not long after her last sibling died. My friend Sam told me she actually moved to Shreveport, Louisiana, which is as far north as you can go in Louisiana without going into Arkansas. So let's hope that Kelly got her shit together and maybe she can break the bloodline of death and she won't die like the rest of them. Just crazy statistics. I've never had another family where all kids died or were murdered or murdered someone. And that's it. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And I'm going to wrap it up with that. But let's do the sphincter scale real quick. And we'll do it on James Ray Morales. And I'm going to give him like a seven. Shit, he stabbed his stepson to death. And they've been together. It's not like Kathy Bernard just married this cat, right? They've been together a while. And he stabbed him not once, but twice with a dull-ass steak knife in watched him bleed out then he decides he's going to be a hero and fight the police and he got his ass whipped he's at least seven assholes on the sphincter scale and the question i would put to you is where do you rate kathy bernard on the sphincter scale and shit i don't know that one i don't know y'all let me know what you think i only say what i think that's going to conclude this week's episode I'm Woody Overton, your host, and don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Okay, everybody, I told you that after today's episode, I was going to do some announcements and give some shout outs, etc. What I want to do first is, uh, first of all, I thank everybody for listening and supporting the show, right? I want to give some shout-outs to our patron members. You know you get your shout-out at least once a month on the episode. And until it gets too big, I'll do it a lot more than that. And we'll start with Christy from Gold Coast, Australia. That's Christy from the land down under. Christy, hey, we missed your hotline call this week, but enjoyed the one from the previous hotline that you sent in. Chris, we love you and thank you for supporting Real Life Real Crime. You're awesome. And don't forget to use your your benefits, Christy, the hotline and the merchandise discounts and whatever else, right? So we appreciate you and we love our people from down under. And Jenny White from Northern California about I think she said like an hour and a half or something north of San Francisco. So, Jenny White, you must be up there by the Golden Triangle, right? That's where the, they grow some of the best weed in the world from the documentaries, et cetera, that I watch. Anyway, Jenny White is a super fan and a dream team moderator. Jenny White, we love you so much. You know that, sweetie. And then Miss Rika Ketchum from Phoenix, Arizona. Miss Rika uh, was in Phoenix several times last year. 
pretty cool place, right? Pretty good food. Also, Miss Rika, we thank you for supporting Real Life Real Crime by being a patron member, and we love you. Hey, Miss Rika, I don't think I got a question from you yet either. Use your hotline, y'all. The two episodes we've done, people have loved it. Uh, the second one we just dropped yesterday, and it hit like a thousand downloads in a couple hours or something, and it's still growing. Thank you, Miss Rika. And. Christine Hernandez from San Diego, California. Christine Hernandez is also a Dream Team moderator and a patron member. And Miss Christine, you know, we love you. And I see all the work that you do every day, and I really appreciate it. But thank you for supporting us through Patreon also. And San Diego is one of the most beautiful places in the world, and I love it. So thank you, Christine. And Miss Yvette Williams from Sheridan, in Northern California, Miss Yvette is another dream team moderator, and she helps us out a lot, y'all. Just an awesome lady. And Yvette, we love you, and thank you for supporting us through Patreon. You are awesome. And then Rosa Ortega, and also from Phoenix, Arizona, Miss Rosa. I wonder if you know Rika Ketchum. She's from Phoenix. Thank you for being patron supporter and we love you and you're awesome just thank you and miss rose i don't think i have a question from you either so if you get a chance use that secret hotline number and uh once i get enough i think i already have enough for another episode but once i get enough i'll answer the questions for y'all and we appreciate it and sam cross from dallas texas now sam is also a Dream Team moderator and patron supporter. And Sam Cross really works behind the scenes in promoting real-life real crime. And she called in on both hotline episodes and asked some awesome questions. And she also gives me a lot of advice. She's very knowledgeable in the podcast world, and she's given me a lot of advice off the record on some things to do and not to do on helping the podcast grow. And so Sam Cross, you know, we love you and we will see you at crime con in your ones. And Tanya Truel, Tanya is married to Brad Truel. Who you heard me talk about in the episode overkill. We work the street together and we're partners in detectives at one time. And Brad is still in law enforcement to this day. And I stood in their wedding. But Tanya, you know we love y'all. Thank you for being a patron supporter. And y'all, they also own Blue Line Graphics. And they do all of our t-shirts and apparel and merchandise for our store. So you can do anything. If you need something, contact us and we'll get you in contact with Brad and Tanya Blue Line Graphics. And Melanie Shepard from Watertown, South Dakota. Melanie, I was in South Dakota uh, several times on a case uh, about two years ago and I don't know where Watertown is but man that's some beautiful country up there and we really appreciate you being a patron member and you're awesome and we love you thank you so much and Miss Mary Alice Cafirio originally from Tupelo Mississippi and Miss Cafirio for some reason my note cut out it says but currently living and i lost it but so tupelo mississippi i believe that's the home of elvis presley miss mary alice we love you and thank you so much and please use your hotline number to call in and y'all don't forget your merchandise discounts where you buy one shirt and it pretty much will pay for whatever or anything in the store and it'll, it'll pay for whatever amount it is that you pledge to donate through patron and Miss Tina Benton. Now, Miss Tina, I've known her for many years. She worked for the sheriff's office, and her husband was originally a game warden. And then he went to work for the sheriff's office. And she's originally from Abbeville, Louisiana. Tina, I didn't know that. I have a lot of good friends and fraternity brothers from down there, Abbeville and Erath, et cetera. But you're an awesome supporter of the show. And Tina is actually giving me some ideas on other cases to work that happened locally and so tina we're gonna be looking at that and tina don't be afraid i know you're not afraid of anything call in and give us some questions we really appreciate you and stacy henderson now miss stacy 
We love you and thank you for being a patron member. And she's from Greenwell Springs, Louisiana. She's a local girl, right? I go through there all the time. Stacy, we really appreciate you supporting us on the show as a patron member. Thank you, sweetie. Kyle Clark from Samara, Tennessee. Miss Kyle, thank you so much for supporting us. I really appreciate it. It helps out a lot, y'all. These pledges that they give every month, it helps us do these extra episodes. And patron members, remember, you get the mini episode extra a month and then a full bonus episode, which I'm going to be releasing the second one of those this week. You get a lot of stuff for being a patron and it helps us out. And Miss Kyle Clark, I lived in Chattanooga in Cleveland, Tennessee, and I actually went to college at the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, where I studied criminal justice, part of where I studied criminal justice. But thanks for being a supporter, Kyle. We appreciate it. Amy Derrick of 1096 Crime Chicks, one of our very first supporters. And y'all know we've done some cross promos with them. And Amy, we love you. She's given us great advice from the get-go. And she's just awesome. Thanks, Amy. We really appreciate you. And Miss Tanita Anthony from LaRanger, Louisiana. Y'all don't know about LaRanger, how it's spelled. It's L-O-R-R-A-N-G-E-R. And it's a, LaRanger is a very rural place in Tangipahoa Parish. Miss Tanita Anthony loves her some real-life real crime. And not only... As a patron member, she's ordered a bunch of merchandise. So thank you, Tanita. I know you're out there sporting those real-life, real-crime shirts in LaRanger. Thank you for being a supporter. And Miss Jackie Montgomery from Colorado. Miss Jackie is also very active, supports us. Appreciate you, Miss Jackie. You know that. And thank you for everything that you do. I'm sorry. Mary Alice Caferio is now living in Dallas, Texas, and Miss Mary Alice had just moved back from Dallas where I had a work apartment in Dallas in Farmer's Branch, Dallas, Texas. And maybe you know Sam Cross. She's from Dallas also. And then Rachel Franzen from Alaska. And Rachel is huge supporter. Actually started our private Facebook page, which now has 700 and. 20 or 30 members as of the day. I, I forgot I looked at it this morning. So that's grown crazy, y'all. If you're not a member, send our Dream Team moderators a request and they will get you approved. There's a lot of fan interaction, a lot of bonus materials and pictures, etc., from the episodes. And if you like real life, real crime, you're going to love that page. Join it. There's some patrons that I don't have locations for, and that's Alexa Drost. Thank you, Alexa, for supporting us and being a patron member. We really appreciate it. And Brandy Elliott. Brandy is very active with me, and we're actually discussing a couple cold cases. And I'm going to try to help her out on those cases that she has personal involvement in. And Brandy, I've just been really busy, and I promise you I'll get to it at some point. And thank you for supporting us. And then we have just Courtney. That's the only name this person put in but they've been a patron member almost since the beginning of patron so courtney whoever you are and wherever you are we really appreciate your support and thank you so much and then califia k-a-e-l-i-f-a now califia you got to let me know if i'm saying that correctly use your hotline message maybe and call it in so i can know if i got your name right and also i don't have a location for you etc and that's cool if you don't want to give it, but I want to give you your proper shout out and thanks for supporting real life, real crime. And then we have maybe the best dog in the world. And when I don't have a location on maybe the best dog in the world, but maybe the best dog in the world, I love you. Thank you for supporting us through Patreon. You're awesome. I really appreciate it. And then the Firebird, F-I-R-E-B-Y-R-D, Firebird. Love you. Send us a question on the hotline and thank you for supporting real life, real crime through Patreon. You're awesome. And Veronica Swift, Miss Veronica, I don't know where you're from, but I know you've been a supporter for a while and we really appreciate you taking the time and showing the love. So thank you, Veronica. 
and Caroline Pettit. I don't know where you're from, but Pettit is a pretty common Cajun name down here. So maybe you're from Louisiana. But either way, we want to say thank you, Miss Caroline, for supporting Real Life Real Crime through Patreon. You're awesome. I really appreciate it. And Miss Emma Flavelle is our latest and newest. It's your awesome uh, patron member. And she made a comment. We sent all the patron members when they sign up a, a welcome deal, right? And Emma was like, basically told us we're blowing it up and we're killing it. And she loves it. And she wants to be known when we hit the big, big time. She wants to be known as one of the, the OGs of real life, real crime. And so... Emma Flavelle, you're definitely going to be an OG, sweetie. And thank you for supporting Real Life, Real Crime. And Shannon Hayes, you've been there for a long time. Shannon, y'all, you know, I say long time. We we hadn't had patron up for just over two months. But Shannon Hayes has been there, and we appreciate you, Shannon. Thank you for supporting us. And I don't have your location, but don't be afraid to call in on the hotline. And Carrie Stokes, same thing, no location, but Carrie Stokes, we really appreciate you and thank you for supporting Real Life Real Crime. And it's awesome. And I really, really appreciate you. And last but not least, Monica Miller. Miss Monica, thank you so much for supporting Real Life Real Crime. You're awesome. And I really, really, really do appreciate you. And so, patron members, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that we're not getting rich, y'all, but the, the patron donations certainly help offset some of the costs of what we're doing. Cording these takes a pretty good while, but it, it takes my wife even longer. She's a school teacher and she gets in and she spends like three or four hours a night trying to <laughs> fix my mess ups, probably like eight or nine hours an episode fixing and editing out all the smacks and the ums etc so anyway y'all's donations help and we really appreciate it and can't thank you enough so we also started what we call the lanyap fund y'all and lanyap is a cajun word for something free bonus or extra right so i saw on different true crime podcasts where they have donut funds or beer funds or whatever. So we're going to set up the Lanyap Fund. And if you want to donate something to the Lanyap Fund, then I will give you a shout out on the next week's episode. So if you want to donate something, that's cool. If you don't, that's cool too. It's for everybody, all of our fans. I love each and every one of you. And you're going to continue to get the free Friday episode no matter what. As long as I'm breathing and you're listening, we're going to keep laying down the tracks and the real unscripted true stories of real life, real crime. And so a couple more quick things. Check us out on YouTube. We have our own channel now and you have to go to the channel search button and type in real life, real crime. And we've been doing a lot more videos and stuff. All of our episodes are on there, but we have been doing some more videos to be accessible to the fans and check it out. Thank you. I think it's pretty cool. And we're on Instagram and Twitter and our numbers are growing so much, y'all. By the time you hear this, we'll be at over 41,000 downloads. That is insane. That's just over two months. So we're growing at an unprecedented rate, and it's because each and every one of y'all are taking the time to share and like Real Life, Real Crime. You're telling your friends about it. And hey, if you're not a patron member and don't want to do the Lanyap thing, I don't care. I think it's, that's awesome that they do that, but I love each of you. And you could just simply continue to do what you're doing and like us and share us, y'all. That would be as good as anything because we want to see this grow big or bigger and bigger and bigger. And I promise you that we will continuously strive to improve the content and the editing and everything about the podcast. And look, if you have a gripe or a complaint or a bitch, send it to me. And we've gotten a lot of constructive criticism and we made the changes to just about 
or the improvement to just about every comment or complaint that we've gotten. And we're going to continue to do that. Now, one, sometimes people are just being assholes, right? And there's no police in them. So there's a couple little things. But the one thing that I'm not going to change just because I'm just not is the way I say patron or you're called patron or patron, whatever. Somebody said something about that. And I'm going to say that one the way I, the way I read it. So if that offends you, I apologize, but I'm calling it patron period. So that in, we love you each and every one of you. Oh, and look, we're in over 81 countries, y'all eight, one countries across the world and growing daily and it's just been awesome we really appreciate it and that's right miss emma flavell i forgot to say evidently she came to us from true crime island in cambo we did a cross promo because she said boom fuckalunga in her message and it's one of cambo's saying and australia is our second leading country by far and we have a Shauna VL, which is one of our dream team moderators. She's from Perth, Australia. And then let me tell you the rest of them real quick. I hope I don't leave anybody out, but we have Cassie Wallace, who's also a patron member, but Cassie Wallace from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Kimberly Stowers from the heart of the great state of Florida. And I think everybody else, y'all, is it. I mentioned the rest of the dream team and the, uh, the patron comments. All right. So Cassie, yeah. So Cassie Wallace and Christine Hernandez and Jenny White. Oh, mama Karen. Oh, damn. I, I almost messed up. Karen Ortolano is a dream team moderator and Karen. I work together at the sheriff's office. She's an invaluable source for information and Karen, you know, we love you. And she posts something cool almost every day in our private group of true crime stuff. I mean, she is a walking book of knowledge right on on bad guys and girls and rachel franz and oh, i gave you your shout out and she started that private page for us and i think that's it if i missed anybody you know i love you anyway and i'm bad with names as it is but we'll wrap it up thank you so much y'all and just we love you and we appreciate each and every one of you. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. Uh, patron members, you're going to get your monthly full-length bonus episode. That's Tier 3 patron members. You'll get that at the end of this week also. I love y'all and appreciate you. And until next time, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Woody Overton, your host, Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. I don't want no bald-headed woman. Oh, she too me. Me.